And my guest this week is Lisa Moss. Uh, Lisa's book is Forward from Arsenal Pulp Press in Vancouver here. And Lisa is located in Victoria, which is like the the sleepy little sibling of Vancouver on the other side of a hour and a half ferry ride and a little bit of drive each way to and from the ferry terminals. Um, it's close, but not as close as people think. 
Yes, that's that's very true. I, I love it's it. Pretty- I love it when people kind of visit, like, yeah, I'm going to go pop over to Victoria for the day. And I'm like, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> it takes all day. No, it doesn't take all day, but it takes a long time, especially if you don't have a ride on either side. Yeah, it's like uh, four hours pretty much each way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Longer if you take a bus. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough <laughs> complaining about. <laughs> people throughout the world getting informed of traveling throughout the. Uh, lower mainland in vancouver island mm-hmm. um but yeah it's uh it, victoria is a neat town in itself uh comics wise with uh, their own little uh great community of folks come out of there um like ken stacy and there's the legends comics yeah uh, and one of the neat things about victoria for folks is there's three comic stores all within a hundred feet of each other <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true, yeah. And they're completely different. Yes. Yeah, I haven't... Yeah, that's true. Um, my my favorite is Legends, just because that's more to my style. But, yeah, it's great to have so much right around there. Yeah, I mean, you can... You never need to go into the other two stores on that block. Like... Legends. Yes, I think I proved that point. <laughs> <laughs> um... Now, before we started, um, you'd mentioned we we're talking about Vancouver. Vancouver used to have this library downtown. And mm-hmm. one of the things you kind of let slip is that you had been um, into comics or doing comics for some time. Uh, and we're talking like um, the point in time that, where that library exists was like, like I guess, early 90s, yeah, late 80s. Early 90s, yeah, 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is your first kind of book and it's kind of the first time I'm aware of of your work and so I'm kind of want to know more about you uh, oh kind of yeah you know who are you and kind of where's this coming from because this isn't oh. just coming out of nowhere then no I guess it's not like when somebody asked me that before I said yeah it's my first thing it's the only thing I've ever done but when I look back actually I have done a lot of comics um throughout my life and a lot of kind of creative projects like writing and things like that. But, you know, when I was a teenager, um, I lived in Vancouver and my family had moved from the suburbs, like in grade nine. And I don't know, that sort of shook my world. Like I was so like set in my, my nice little suburb and I was so sure of myself. And then moving to Vancouver really just, uh, took the rug from under me and so I consequently I spent a lot of time alone and um, I don't know why it was comics because I didn't read a lot of comics other than Betty and Veronica that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that was all that was kind of available or that I knew of back in my childhood but um, yeah so I would I would um, I, I would start a lot of comics maybe get three pages in and quit and then then sometime in high school I did I did a longer one, which was like, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 pages, which seemed massive at the time, (laughs) especially, you know, I don't know if everybody does this when they start, but there's a lot of cross hatching (laughs) and ink. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that was great. It was, it was good to have, to have a project. And, um, and I also remember taking a, a comics course, like a night school course that was once a week for 
for like a month or something um, down downtown at the, I guess it would have been Langara campus or something. I don't even know if that existed. I can't remember, but some guy was putting it on and it was me and a bunch of like middle-aged guys. And I was like a, you know, 16, 17 year old teenager. Um, and I got introduced to a lot of neat concepts and like, and also like Zipitone and Letratone and, um, and, you know, back then, like this is the, this would have been the late eighties. Like you didn't, there were no digital cameras. So you had to, the guy that was teaching it talked about like ripping pictures out of magazines and putting them in files for reference. Yeah, It's like, Oh, that's a lot of work. <laughs> These days it's so easy. It's so easy to get uh, reference photos. You can go out and take a picture of anything. I remember uh, I had a friend that was uh, an illustrator in like the when I was young, like sixteen or seventeen, early nineties, and he had a filing cabinet that was just photo reference. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I would have had to do that if that was my if that was when I was really into it. I would have had to do that because I'm I can't just draw anything from my imagination i need i need help so yeah wow that that would have been a hard time (laughs) (laughs) a lot of uh drawing on locations yeah yeah it would be yeah Yeah, Um, these days like i go out and i take my own photo i do my own photo shoots like i know what i want to do and i that's just part of the process now just to kind of explore areas and kind of capture what you want from that area Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that kind of like, change up when you're in the location? Like you have one shot in mind and you realize it kind of works differently? Um, I usually have a pretty good idea of what I'm doing. Like I, um, like for instance, in forward, there's a page that, uh, it has, um, four panels on it and it, it's of the two people talking in a cafe and it goes from, I think it goes from like street level and then it pulls back to like a level up and then pulls back even further and goes a level up, level up. And that was, I did that from a parkade um, just to get all that perspective. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just make do with what you got. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of stories were you writing for yourself as a teenager? Like what were some of the ideas you were working through or working with um back then i was really interested in action adventure like i I think i was very influenced by james bond movies and the whole spy thing and mission impossible um that was really where it was at for me even though it was movies i i loved doing them as, as comics or any type of uh do you remember that show um V, like the alien one. Where they would eat the the rats. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. But the idea of like a, a resistance in modern day. Yeah. And like, you know, having to, having to, um, yeah, fight for things and like World War, World War II resistance type things. Uh, like all that idea of, of, uh. Yeah, I don't know, just um, that kind of thing really interested me. Um, and I, I barely ever drew um, females when I was 
when I started out, it was all guys. I don't even know why I did that, but, and then later on, I started to, I, I've heard other, other women say that, like when they're young, they just, they just draw, just draw men. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard that before. I don't know if I have, but I can yeah. s- see that. I don't know if that's kind of the sociological subtext of that. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, maybe it's because when you watch movies, like especially back then, it was all like male leads yeah. doing all the stuff, all the interesting stuff. But anyways, I got out of I got I I I got out of that. James Bond would have like two female characters. One was like the femme fatale, and then the other being like the bookish assistant on something. No, so sad. And I I I loved it. You know. <laughs> What does it matter with me? I didn't question it. I didn't love it, but I didn't question it. Yeah. You were 16, yeah. 17. That's, that's okay. I was, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a critical thinker. <laughs> did, did you kind of stay drawing over the years or kind of fall in and out of it? Oh, yeah. I, um, oh, I fell out of it big time. Um, when I was in my 20s, I sort of switched to writing, but you know, that wasn't really my strong suit. And I don't know why I I stopped. Just like life got in the way and I was, you know, I don't know, just, just forgot how much I got out of it. Um, Not life got in the way, like life was good. Life life was okay. But um, yeah, I just, just fell away. But I always kind of knew it was missing somehow. Maybe not really consciously at first, but as the years went on, I I knew it. And I remember I remember um, being in the car one day and listening to the radio, and some lady on CBC was being interviewed, some artist, and she talked about how she. Oh, I'm a terrible explainer, but the concept was basically like there were two parts of herself, like, and they were out of focus. There was the creative and the the every day and they were so far apart and then it was like she just kind of turned the dial and got them to overlap and that's when she started to feel really alive mm-hmm. and I, I really resonated with that idea because I was so far apart like I had my every day and then maybe every once in a while I do a little something but it was not a habit it was not part of my life so your day job is not a creative outlet. no no no. <laughs> I mean, I've had a lot of day jobs, but the one I'm doing now, no, it's not. And that's okay. I think that's okay. I it think so. Gives me, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with having a day job. <laughs> um, so hearing these words kind of resonate, um, where did you kind of want to take yourself creatively at that point? Like revisit what you're doing before, kind of you don't just like fall into this. Like, yeah. I I think I knew that it, comics was was my thing. I think I always knew that. But even hearing that and having it resonate, I still didn't do anything about it. Like for another maybe up, uh, five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah, I don't know. What's the, yeah? It's like total. Um, I hope like that other people know that it doesn't matter if you don't do it. it you can still, <laughs> you know, you can always get back into it. Mm-hmm. Is part of it like a trepidation of not knowing if that's like where you belong? Um, 
perspective as being something so foreign to to what you've been doing, um, like a younger pursuit, so to say, of something you did mm -hmm. when you were a teen and kind of getting past that stigma? Yeah, that could be a bit, a bit of a bit. Um, I also think it was always like the fear of starting something because I knew it would never be good enough. Um, that sort of paralyzes, paralyzed me. Yeah, I always I had these ideas, but then to actually get them started, yeah, that was that was the big hurdle. So, kind of building up to doing this book, uh, what were some of the ways you kind of flexed and got those muscles going to kind of jump into that creative mindset? Oh well, before this book, I I did another really big project. Um, Maybe not quite as long, but I did another full color graphic novel. It, it it's not published, um, but that it was at a time. Um, like I don't know what you know about me, but like forward is kind of like a bit of auto fiction. Um, like there's a character in there who lost her wife, mm -hmm. and that you know that was me. Like I lost my wife. Um, coming up to five years ago now and uh when after she died like I was really I didn't know what to do with myself and I had time because we had we had had a business and we sold it so I didn't really have anything to go back to and I had a bit of breathing room money-wise so I just um I really needed something to do like I was going a bit batty like I would walk I I like my hobby or the way I passed the time was to w walk a lot every day but I, I also needed something else so I, I did go into this project of doing a, another graphic novel and that was really good for me because it really took yeah I guess it distracted me it gave me some purpose um is, it, then, yeah. is it a bit of catharsis yeah, I mean, that was like even though it wasn't anything to do with losing her, it was. She was in that book a lot, and our lives were in that book. Like nobody would know it, but like, you know, the the coffee pot, the mugs, the pictures on the wall—they were all, all from our li life together. Mm. Um, yeah, I I think I really needed to do that. I really needed to have a schedule, and I, I was pretty demanding of myself. Um. And I, I don't think I was really ready to actually write about things after that. Um, yeah, and I finished that with like in a year. It was about 170 pages, full color. And uh, and then when that ended, I was like, oh no, what am I going to do now? And that's when I started forward. And I, I was ready to sort of um, dive into that and the subject. Yeah. It was really kind of, excuse the pun, but kind of propelling yourself forward with the book. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Is that a purposeful title? Um, it is, yeah, like it has, it has several different meanings throughout the book. Mm -hmm. um, like each, yeah, like the book is in three parts and each part sort of has a theme with a different meaning of forward. Like the, in the first part, um, like one of the characters is, uh, you know, the forward as in like 
you know, being bold enough to ask somebody out or do something about like a being interested in something and how how awful lesbians are at, you know, making a move <laughs> in my experience. <laughs> We're so awful. I mean, I can speak for everybody. I can speak for myself and just how things don't just like everybody's waiting for somebody else to do something. And everyone's friends. And everyone's friends. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I could go on. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it, anyway, it, yeah. It, it is really great how you kind of capture that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a book that captures, I mean, presumptively speaking, the kind of Victoria lesbian queer community um, kind of your experience in there. Um, and it is a really unique point of view that you don't really come across often, like a, a mid-sized town. Um, so folks will know each other and you all will know each other. Oh, yeah, I know do. what everyone's going through. Yeah. Um, or at least it seems that way. Maybe that's not the case, but it, it really sometimes feels like that. You see the same people every day. You bump into people all the time at the worst possible moment. It's just crazy. <laughs> I mean it, that that has its good points, but sometimes it's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And I th- th- that that could be a common thing in different areas as well. Like I know Vancouver for a lot of folks, it's like that as well. Is it? Yeah. Very tight. Even though it's community. a big city, yeah. I guess depending on what community you're in, yeah. you come across the same people. It's, yeah. it's very tight knit. Like when I worked in. Uh, I used to work in social services in the downtown east side, and a lot of the folks that I work with were all friends, and yeah. many had dated each other. Um, wow, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah, that's how it is. One of the things I really loved about the book um, that kind of surprised me is um, you talk about, you mentioned earlier, kind of the character um, that's kind of reflecting your experience. But when you start out the book, it's that's not the, the case. Like, it's really neat how you're kind of working through different characters and different people's lenses mm. experience. Yeah. I, I do like having, um, may, maybe it's like, I, I've read a lot of lesbian fiction and, and just having that, those two points of view, usually two points of view going back and forth um, to get each person's experience. Um, I kind of like that. It, so I think that would, yeah. So that's a more common thing in within lesbian fiction? Well, when I was reading it, yeah, that was like back in the 90s. I just, actually, funnily enough, today I've been going through a, um, a clutter-busting kick. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I just took out oh man I had so many books under my bed that were all um, from that time and uh, yeah I think that was I think that's pretty common that's a pretty common way to do it that's really interesting I mean it's I mean bluntly it's not an area of writing that you know I would necessarily be actively familiar with and so for you that's that's a familiar thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is really refreshing. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
so tell me about like kind of jumping into doing these bigger books um and kind of planning it all out as it not being kind of you know an immediate thing for you that you've been doing for a long time and mm -hmm. i'm interested in kind of crafting the book and putting this together and kind of what you had in mind and how that kind of reflects what came out at the end yeah um i am i i spend i definitely spend time on plotting things out i'm not one to just kind of jump in and see where things lead um, I, res I respect people that can do that, but I, I really know that's not my style. <laughs> so I did, I did, um, sort of plot out all the major points. Like I didn't know exactly what would happen in each scene, but I knew what things I wanted to hit, um, just to move the story in the direction that I was aiming for. Um, uh, but I love the fact that even within that framework, there's always room for surprise. Um, like I surprise myself, uh, what comes out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, usually, well, in this case, I, I plotted out pretty, pretty detailed, um, like each part. Um, although I didn't know how it was going to end for a long time. Like I was kind of waffling back and forth between the ending. So I just sort of let that ride for a while till I got closer. Yeah, I like that. That kind of leaves things unsure. Yeah, even for me. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Um, now you, we mentioned legends earlier, and I'm wondering mm -hmm. as you kind of jump back into comics and kind of what kind of stuff you looked at that kind of got you jived on doing comics, um, and exploring that. Yeah. Well, um, like I had read a few graphic novels as a. Like I, I'm more of a, uh, a, I hate, I guess in, I get sort of intimidated in comic book shops. I know I shouldn't be like, I've been in legends a lot now and I know, I know that, you know, Gareth is, has been a huge, huge, um, mentor to me. Um, I think you interviewed him, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I've known Gareth since, uh, oof. Probably ninety four, ninety five. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Because uh, my mom lives in Victoria, so uh, oh yeah. When I was a teenager, I'd be going there. Um, right. Because it's wow. the best comic store of the three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Gareth is great. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just um, knocked my phone over. Um. Yeah, but so I like I I would be intimidated to go into a shop and just sort of browse because I didn't even know what I was looking for. I usually get drawn to the art. Um, but when I was younger, I did find a few that really stuck out to me, which were like aliens and Terminator and like weird stuff like that. Maybe Airboy. I don't know. I was just, yeah. There's a part uh, of you but that it, really likes action stuff. There is. There really, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And the art is really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and Aliens um, was really, I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about, maybe there's lots now but back in the day there was, it was oh it's good art yeah, I, I don't know I, I never jumped into those um, but also like I'd never watched any of the Aliens movies when I was growing up it was yeah. just, for some reason my dad was more into watching like foreign art movies 
Oh. And so I missed out on a lot of pop culture stuff. Oh, that would be. But I kind of like I want, like, and since then I have watched all the Aliens movies and enjoyed thoroughly um, any movie that features a cat as a, you know, a major part makes me happy. Um, <laughs> Did you say a cat? Yeah. Doesn't she rescue oh. a cat in it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's funny as you said that I hear my cat coming up behind me. <laughs> anyway. I've... I have to lock my cats out when I do an interview or else one of them would be on me right now trying to step on the keyboard. Um, (laughs) Oh, oh, cats. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk about cats. (laughs) Well, they are a major part of the book. uh, Yeah, they are. I can't help it. They, yeah, they are. Yeah, they have to be for me. Was was your cat a lot of companionship and solace through hard times? Like being there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's, it's so good. Like, you know, when you're going through something difficult and like, people don't know how to treat you. Like lots of people were, everybody was great, but there's always this kind of awkwardness and you feel like you have to take care of other people's emotions and, and with a pet, they don't care. They're just like there and feed me. And, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, they, it's, it was helpful to have a little being to take, take care of and, you know, put your problems aside and, and the comfort and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Super important. You take care of it, but the cat also takes care of you. They do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I get that thing of like, Sometimes you just want to say something that's really blunt and raw, but you know people just wouldn't yeah. be able to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. You can say that to cat and they'll just like blink at you and okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just rolls over onto its back. Yeah. Um as I can't kind of what we're talking about. Uh we were talking about uh comics that you were reading. Um, oh yeah that kind of... oh yeah I was talking about like the ones as a kid but yeah as a when I got older and more into it I would you know go to the library and check things out um so I I knew I can't really remember names of things like other than the obvious like big ones of like Persopolis and the Alison Bechdel um there's lots more but I can't really think of their names it's kind of where I would get my reference from. And, uh, well, I did like, uh, I did pick up blue is the warmest color. Mm. I really like that one. I haven't read it yet, but I need to. Oh yeah. It is good. I was kind of angry at it when I first read it because of the ending, but, um, I've come to really love it. And that's also published in North America by, that Arsenal actually publishes it too, yeah. yeah which is kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you get connected with Arsenal? Well, because of Blue is the Warmest Color, like when I was finally finished the book and kind of, you know, I was procrastinating, well, what do I do with it now? Um, I went to my bookshelf and I only have about like, you know, maybe six or seven graphic novels that I owned at the time. Um, because of the style and the story and I just looked at the spines and thought uh, well these people kind of publish the kind of stuff I like and 
so yeah so i and and blue is the warmest color would probably be the closest to what my book was and so yeah i went online and found them and found their submission guidelines and i loved it right away when it said you know it's not you don't submit it electronically it's all paper it's like yes oh i had no <laughs> idea so yeah, and I, I really poured all my effort into this submission, um, knowing that like even if they didn't want it, I don't think that work would be wasted because I could you know use it for another submission or bits you know transform it for that. So yeah, I uh, I think that was about um, April of last year and sent it out. So you didn't have the book complete at that point. Oh, yeah, it was all done. Oh, okay. Yeah. I finished it in January of last year. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about the, uh, the, how much quicker it is to do watercolor coloring than to do cross-hatching. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I try to stay away from cross hatching, um, but I wouldn't say that watercolor is quick, especially since, like, I'm not even. I'm not trained in this. I and it's actually I use gouache. Oh, okay. I got a secondhand set from my mom. Some nice. were like dried up, and so that's my color palette is all in that little that set. Because uh, gouache, I as I understand it, is more. Forgive, it feels more forgiving than watercolor. It's it's a little bit more opaque and maybe doesn't dry as fast. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think it's less chance of muddying. Yeah, the colors. I kind I liked how it looked. Like, I really wanted to emulate my very favorite graphic novel, which is um, Hannah Berry's Britain and Brulightly. Have you heard of her? No. She's from England, and her stuff is really just. It feels like. She uses acrylic ink, I found out later, but it's so luscious. Like, I love it. Um, and that's what I wanted my book to be like. But, of course, it's not. But, <laughs> but yeah, gouache, gouache is good. Uh, that's, I think that's um, for my next book. I'm going to probably keep doing that, even though I've experimented with some acrylic ink. You're more comfortable with the gouache. There's, I think so, yeah. There's yeah. something kind of amazing also when you're using your mother's set yeah with that as well like there's this like generational yeah to it. yeah and it's like it's i think it would be more intimidating to start with a fresh new set and like oh i'm gonna ruin it and it's just like it's like little crusty bits and you have to cut open tubes and um yeah it's it was easier to start with that and not feel so intimidated I, I don't know if you can pick up on this, but I have a lot of imposter syndrome going on. <laughs> I just fight it in interviews. <laughs> it's 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 a frighteningly common thing for folks, um, and I think like I don't I couldn't do a two hundred page graphic novel. Um, everyone's like, "Oh, that's a really unique experience. You should do a comic." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's not gonna happen. I don't have the." the energy or the skill to sit down, mm-hmm. plot it out, draw it out. So. Yeah, I guess that's not for any, but for everybody. Um, I guess that's the one good thing I can say about myself is I, 
I can start things and I can finish them. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's about it. <laughs> oh, shush. Yeah. Um, there, so. There's a couple of things with the book. Uh, I want to kind of we we touched on a bit. I want to dive in a little further. Is um, first the how important the location is and how uh, with Victoria. I mean, you use little things as like you know the bridge to a squi malt. Um, I should say the old bridge. Um, you know, little little things that that identify it, but also kind of remind of how important Victoria is uh, to experience and. Um, wondering for yourself about kind of bringing that forward beyond the the um the autobioness of it right yeah yeah i i feel i i love books um like just novels or anything that really is grounded in a place i feel like that's super important um like you know all the scandinavian mysteries like they're set in like it's just it's another character um uh even just personally when somebody i know has moved from where they are and they're in a new spot i don't know i can't picture them until i've seen where they like physically actually where they are it's like really jarring to me if i if i can't picture that so yeah place is really important and i think the place um provides another dimension i'm hoping mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's it's fun for people who actually live here to recognize um things in the book like because it's really it's my neighborhood and it's my i love victoria i really love it you uh mentioned um walking was a big part of kind of centering mm-hmm. yourself yeah um, and it, it's a big part of this book um and that is kind of a big thing of Victoria, how there is a lot of places you can go in easy walks there. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it for you about walking that you enjoy? Um, well, back then it was really just a way to, yeah, like you said, ground myself, just like get out of my head and, and just, uh, yeah, just to cope, I guess, at the time. And and now it's it's a big part of my creative process actually is walking and just letting ideas come and ask myself a question at the beginning of it and try to mull my way through. Um, and also just that it kind of connects you to community. It feels like like when I go out for a walk, I see people I know everywhere. Which, you know, at times it's not a great thing, but you like right now it's fine Mm -hmm. um living in the same neighborhood for over 10 years you even though you don't know people you you know you see familiar faces yeah and that that's um i think that's important for for somebody like me i mean i live alone and you know it can get it can get lonely and just to be part of a community and yeah so walking is a big deal on many levels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to bring up explicitly was community um, and how community works for you in supporting through times and um, kind of being a family in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm really fortunate. I have so many 
like I, I'm a, I'm an introvert. Like I'll admit that right away. <laughs> but for an introvert, I have surprising number of really good friends that you know, in a pinch, I can, I can call and I can count on them to, you know, just to be there for me. Yeah. Um, that's super special. But at the same time, like I do spend a lot of time on my own. Um, but at the time when I was going through all that, it was nice to know that, you know, I would never get too isolated like people would kind of check in um felt like there's like i'm this person in the middle of a circle of people that are just making sure i don't go outside of the boundaries mm-hmm. and you know lose yourself that was really comforting um do you identify a lot of the characters with a lot of your friends in the book i do actually like the character um of rayanne she is sort of an amalgamation of a lot of women I have known over the years. She's she, like, she's in, in many ways, but the, like the, her central thing is that she's really afraid to get involved with anybody, mm-hmm. um, make a mistake again, or just, it's just too hard. You know, she's just sort of stop trying mm-hmm. and rather live in a fantasy world. Um, and I, I think I, at the time, I knew a lot of people who just like, or at least that was my opinion that just, you know, it's not worth it. I'll just, I'll just be on my own. That's better. And that's fine. I'm good. It's that whole kind of, how much can the heart take? Yeah. And, you know, funnily enough, now, nowadays, I'm, I'm relating more to her than ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got to be careful, but... It is hard. Things are hard. Yeah. Just to put yourself out there. It, it is. Um, yeah. People are weird. Relationships are weird. There's no, like, clear guidebook. No. There's no definitive answers. No. And I think it's hard also if you've been with somebody who's been in, um, like what you'd consider the love of your life. Like who's going to, who's going to match up to that? That's an added little trick. Uh, yeah. Tricky part. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I can't imagine. I've, I've known folks um, in similar situations and it's, it's tough. Like that, that's always kind of that, that's a core part to, to, to a person is mm. that relationship. And it's always there. Right. Yeah. And that's where I guess kind of this book kind of works and it's kind of explaining that and navigating that like for mm-hmm. yourself doing this book. It's a little bit about catharsis of um kind of exploring the question and not necessarily having an answer but kind of being okay that there's no answer yeah yeah i say that's fair um yeah all the th- all the things even though they might not have happened in the order or exactly like it or even happened happened but they happened in my head all those questions around grief and like that was where i was at that was what i was thinking about so that all comes out there's you no know, yeah. oh go ahead no no go ahead okay. Well, there's no, you know, grief is such a separate thing for different folks. And like you're talking earlier about like 
those hard things that you want to say that you can't you worry about how people respond to it but it's such a truth to yourself um and kind of how do you get that out because it's also important you know like for myself i went through a situation where my uh, dad had a really horrific stroke a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and um how you know i was pretty blunt with a lot of folks when they're like how are you doing i'm like Bleh. Um, yeah, right. And that's kind of how I am. Um, and I knew it was hard for some folks. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to hear that. Probably. No. Just all. It's awkward all around. I'm I'm hoping like with a book like this, folks can kind of see and navigate. You know, look at how you navigate that and kind of understand just how things are complex and there's no one dimension to yeah. uh, to recovering from trauma and grief. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't even really think about that when I wrote it. I was more of a, it was like a catharsis. And of course, I didn't even know it was ever going to be published. And I'm sort of thankful for that because I don't think it would be the same book if I knew it was going to be. I think uh I would have held back or, yeah, because like, some... you know, <laughs> there's stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. There's some like, truths that are a little too raw. Yeah. And there, and also in sense, like there, you know, there's, it's kind of, um, there's some sex scenes in there and like my parents are reading those. <laughs> like what? It's skip the blue pages. Skip just, just put a paper clip in there. Just, I, uh. Yeah. I just wanted to exacto knife them out, but oh. <laughs> God, that's not right. <laughs> I'm sure it was Ugh. just or even more uncomfortable for them than it is for yeah, me. So. <laughs> Take a little solace in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, grief is a tricky thing. It's um, certainly not linear. Was there I kind think of... it helps not no I think it helps knowing that. Yeah. There's no point A, point B, point C. No. It's not, not in my experience. <laughs> yeah. Were with with the, the catharsis, was there things where you after doing the book kind of um came to terms with? I it's like not specific, but just like um things that kind of helped through that process of, of that release of having that done. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think, um, especially in the case of working through, like, you know, nobody's going to be, nobody's going to be as good as, like, I'm never going to have as good as a relationship as my wife or that type of, like, that will never happen again. But to be open to the possibility of something maybe almost equally as good, but different. Yeah. Um, I still struggle with that. Like, I can't say that I'm always that hopeful. But um, but I think that in writing it, that kind of opened me up to that. Like, that conversation that takes place in the forest um, in, the, in the second part, uh, or the third part, is... Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that transformed me a little bit. Changed my a, way. Was that a conversation with a friend, or was that kind of your own? 
processing? Uh, it was probably, I can't remember, probably a conversation with a friend or a couple of friends at different times and piece that together or even just in my head, probably a combination of all three. I'm a, a bit of an overthinker. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Full disclosure. That, that, that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Now, you've done a, you know, bluntly very personal uh, work. um, And I'm wondering kind of where do you go from here creatively? Um, Yeah, um, I am working on something else. I'm probably halfway. Well, I'd like to think optimistically I'm about halfway through um, a next graphic novel, which is even longer. (laughs) Um, but it's not it's not this kind of personal uh, like auto fiction again or like this isn't a memoir this isn't like like forward isn't a memoir I'd say but um, but no this new book I'm doing is actually a mystery novel like I'm getting back to my roots of like what really excites me like I've read a lot of mystery novels and I just love the idea of um, like private eye stories yeah. And I'm, I'm really super stoked about what I'm doing right now. Um, I don't think I could write another book like Forward. Like, I don't really have that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a, I guess it's a real departure, but it's, I think this is exactly where I need to go. Um, like, I'm halfway through and I'm really still stoked about it. So I think that's a good sign. Awesome. Like, yeah, a year in, probably have a year more to go at least. Yeah. And to it's see. it's set in Victoria as well. I can't get away from that. <laughs> it's like, and it's uh, it's set in Fantan Alley. Actually, is the main location, which I just love that place. Even though it's really touristy, it's just it's just so inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's a very pretty part of Victoria. It really is. Yeah. There's lots of great little nuggets downtown. Also, yeah. you know, Victoria is a good setting for like. You know, you're talking earlier about the Scandinavian murder mysteries. I'm just thinking of like all those foresty areas, just a little bit of side of town. Yeah, <laughs> never know what goes on there. What bodies could be found? Oh yeah, it's just there's there's a yeah, it's just it it it's, yeah. I guess every place you live in is has its thing, but I I, I feel like Victoria is pretty darn special. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank <laughs> you, Lisa, for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been great. Um, It's been, yeah, thank you very much for having me on. A reminder, folks, I've been talking to Lisa Maz, and uh, her book is Forward from Arsenal Paul Press. Uh, And Lisa is in Victoria. Um, Again, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Robin. Great to talk to you. If you lose your faith, babe, you can have mine. If you're lost, I'm right behind Cause we walk the same line Now I don't have to tell you How slow the night can go I know you've watched for the light And I bet you could tell me
Let's start.